This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. On today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we're talking all about how you can lead with love. And I think in these times of coronavirus and many of us stuck at home, we are seeing more than ever that there are individuals among us who are stepping up to lead. And that can sometimes be a challenge if you haven't come from a background where that has been something that has been encouraged of you. And today I'm joined by someone who is going to talk us through how his two worlds collided in order for him now to lead with love. But before we go on to that, I want to let you know about two very special opportunities that I'm bringing to my listeners. Now, the first is that we are getting nearer and nearer to the 100th episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible. And I feel very strongly that the reason this show has been such a success and has listeners all around the world is because of you, because you tune in again and again and you share with your friends, you share with your peers. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And as a result, I've decided that I would love to feature you on my show. So what I'm doing is I'm giving 10 opportunities for you and your name and your voice and your company to be featured on my show. And one very special winner will get to come on my show as a fully featured guest. Now, in order to do this, you need to go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get dash featured. Or you can just click on the link in the show notes below. The other thing I want to let you know about is that I am running my infamous five-day free challenge to teach you not only how to start your podcast, but how to launch your podcast. This five-day challenge will have incredible success and people absolutely loved it last time I ran it. It's starting on the 25th of May and we're running it for that five days and you need to be registered to take part. The link is going to be in the show notes, but you can go to bit.ly forward slash launch your podcast challenge if you know that you want to get signed up. So let's get back to today's show. I'm joining you today with the founder of Always Better Than Yesterday, a leadership and mindset coaching company that helps people lead with love and serve with purpose. I'd love to introduce you right now to Ryan Hartley. So today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm joined by Ryan Hartley. And Ryan has an interesting background, which is maybe a little bit different to many people who come into the coaching and entrepreneurial space because you were a police officer. And what we want to talk about today is how that background impacted the leadership elements that really made Ryan tick, the, the coaching that has probably, I don't, we don't, I don't know Ryan's full story yet, so we're going to find out a lot more, but that desire to help people transform their lives, how does that desire to get out there, is how is that impacted when you are involved in a job that does not necessarily approve of getting out there and getting visible? So that's where we're going to start, but we're also going to be tackling lots of things around leadership and how you show up. So welcome to the show, Ryan. That's amazing. Thank you so much for having me. So just give the readers a little bit of a, an inside information about your background in the police and, and how you transitioned to what you do now. Yeah, I mean, growing up in my teens, I was always fascinated with shows like Wire in the Blood. You know, it was criminal profiling, always been hugely curious about people, why they do what they do. So I went off to university and did psychology 
And after I left, I really wanted to know why naughty people did naughty things. So I joined the police and, and I joined as a 999 call handler. And it's at that point that I realized this criminal profiler job didn't exist. But throughout my journey, I was a 999 call handler. I was a volunteer police officer. I was the head of performance where I was dealing with helping teams and the culture improve. And as I grew as a leader, I, I really got this clarity around what was important to me and what I love to do, which was just helping people, people being better leaders, helping people with their mindset, make more of an impact in the world. And I loved what I did at the police, don't get me wrong. But uh, when I became a coach, I knew that there was something special about helping people on a one-to-one and I wanted to do it more. So three and a half years ago, I made the decision to just start coaching more in my private life. My wife was a network marketer and she had a downline of about 300 people. So I would spend my evenings in an office, having done a 10-hour day, adding on another four hours of the day, just coaching people for free because, again, it was the win-win. I was getting better and they were, they mm-hmm. were getting the benefit of my coaching. And, and then I just followed the breadcrumbs of, you know, somehow I've created a business page and and then a Facebook community follows and, and then I start to interview people and then the podcast and the speaking events. And, you know, three and a half years has been a whirlwind. And yeah, I'm sure we'll dive into some of the challenges I've had along the yeah. way. But um, yeah. That's... So podcast listeners, I know you all love to go from my show to other people. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and where they can find you. Uh, so it's on, on Apple, Spotify. What's it called? Always better than yesterday. Always better than yesterday with Ryan Hartley. So listen to this episode first and then go and find Ryan's. So one of the things we were just discussing before we went live, and I said, stop there because I want the listeners (laughs) to hear whatever you're going to say. You were mentioning that as you were realizing that you wanted to build your tribe and you were sharing content on Facebook Lives and wherever else, that you were being judged and scrutinized by your your leading officers. I don't know if that's the correct terms in the police, Mm -hmm. but your superior officers. Tell us about what was happening for you. So I I love sharing what I learn. I think those who know do and those who understand teach. And I've really tried to keep that to heart. And if I've learned anything in my own leadership growth, I was using platforms like Instagram just to share kind of the key takeaways that I would have from these posts. And at this time in the police, I was looking to um, go on a senior leadership development program. So it was the kind of the, the highest senior leadership program we offered within the force. And during the kind of gateway process, I, I got wind that senior leaders were sat around with my social media and they were discussing and debating the types of things I was saying. So I, I had comments being fed back to me like, this meditation stuff you're talking about, that's weird. Like, it's mm-hmm. a bit too kind of out there, you know. We're talking about police officers that have had you know, a 30-year career and emotions and, and these sorts of things were. And then secondly, I got wind of, you know, who's Ryan Hartley? And what the f- does he know about leadership? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's comments like that. And it's just like... What did that, that do hurt. to you? Yeah, it hurt. That, hurt. that hurt. Because I think the biggest thing that, that hurt me was that there was judgments made about my intentions when, you know... I'm just a giver. You know, I just love to give and share and, and help in any way I can. And yet I was being made out to be someone that was trying to make myself look good, trying to trying to leave the police with the skills that I had. And I just didn't feel like what I had learned in my private life was able to be brought into the organization and add value there. It was always something that was never really talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. I would be interviewing people on Facebook Live every Sunday evening. We wouldn't, no one would talk about it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But they, no, they but, knew, they knew they, you did. They knew. And, and they'd I, watched. 
they'd watch and they, they'd, I'd always hit snidey comments like, oh, are you doing a Why Wednesday again tonight? Because that was another feature within my community. And all these little snarky comments come out. And, you know, in the early days, it's just like, I guess it's like you've got a new child and you just want to show it off to the world and you're so proud of it. And then people won't even acknowledge that you have a new child. It felt like that to me. It was, it was, I Did felt, that stop you or hinder you? I'm my own greatest strength and my own greatest weakness in the fact that I will just have the courage to show up. And that caused me pain because I was caught between this desire to be authentic, be myself and fitting in. I wanted both and I couldn't have both. So I got bruised along the way for sure. And how bruised did you get before you decided to leave the force? Oh, yeah. The last year was probably the worst. I was, I was so disconnected. I, I, the, the gap between who I wanted to be and who I felt I could be was, was massive. It led me to being really disconnected at home, not present with the kids. Like I really like Christmas 2018. I just wasn't present. I, I didn't experience Christmas with my children. I just was in my head all the time. You know, I was mm. so wrapped up in this, do I, don't I leave? You know, who, what, what am I going to do? That's a big decision. If you, for your whole life as a teenager, have thought, I want to be in the police force, mm. and then you are, and you've got the ability or the potential to grow within that, mm. but you're realizing that it doesn't actually fit with who you really are. That's a big, big challenge. Yeah. And this, I've really had to learn over the years. So, so this idea of surrender is my least favorite friend. Like I'm always being a sort of make it happen type of person. And I realized that there's so much stuff outside my control, you know, promotion panels, what other leaders do to support and develop and promote people within the organization. I really had to <laughs> whittle down what was in my control. And that was how I show up as a leader. And secondly, the opportunities that I pursue. And I went, uh, you know, I was holding out for a senior leadership position, which didn't come. I then reached my glass ceiling and I knew that I still had control by doing something. My American friends, my mate, Jonathan from America, he's like, man, you need to burn the boats, burn the boats. And I'm like, that's great advice, but I have a mortgage. I have have a family. Mm -hmm. But the irony is that's what I did. I got to a position where I wasn't going to tolerate staying anymore. I went all in with Always Better Than Yesterday uh, at the the back end of 2019, before I was ready, before I was financially viable. And I tell you what, when you burn the boats, it makes you focus and it Mm -hmm. it makes you take the actions and... And And step up. 100%. So I left the police formally on Valentine's Day this year, 2014, uh, 2020. Wow. And it ties in massively with my ethos about helping people lead with love. And even through some of the challenging times that we faced, my business continues to grow, to thrive. And I feel calm, purposeful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's never easy, but it's worth it. So one of the things that I really noticed from everything that you put out on there is how you address leadership. Tell me about what leadership is to you and your approach to it. It's a verb. It is an action. It, it, it is this act of putting your own needs to one side to serve others. And I think to be able to put our own needs to one side, we have to be really secure in, in who we are, what we stand for, what we're good at. We have to really have an intimate understanding of ourselves, really love who we are, love what we do. Because actually being a leader means we've signed up for all the, all the, all the difficult things, the difficult conversations, the you know, they're putting our own needs to one side to be able to look after those around us, to give them safety, to protect them, to call them out if they're playing it too small. It's not easy. 
And, you know, I think those leaders that have wanted the position often fall shy of doing the difficult things in leadership. In terms of leadership now, what do you think is the value in that step that you've taken for your followers? Because that's still quite fresh. While we're recording this, that that would be, what, nine weeks ago, perhaps? Mm, Yeah, coming up to three months. And I think the same thing with vulnerability, the same thing with leadership, the same thing with courage, is that when we see others go first, it inspires us. Mm -hmm. It inspires us to to do the same. And, and, you know, and and, and I think that that's kind of what what I hope to do for the people. And, you know, and I've had many mentors in the past that I'm sure have inspired me to, to develop the courage to, to take action. And, you know, I'm a giver, you know, I give of my time, I give of my energy to people. And if anybody came and asked about my journey, that they'd get my time, they'd get, you know. So quite a few of our listeners are, well, not right now, because no one's commuting right now, but potentially going sure. into a daily job that mm. is not for them. Mm-hmm. And there's something else. And they have these, I'm going to say grandiose ideas, but that sounds like I'm dismissing it. They have these big visions about who they want to be. And maybe those things are just becoming stronger for them. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend that they do? Start. My, My business is called Always Better Than Yesterday. And when you're brave enough to label yourself Always Better Than Yesterday, you can't be that if you keep putting things off till tomorrow. So it's been a huge call to action for me, let alone other people. And I would be prone to perfectionism. I'd be, if podcasting, right? You're sat in an, an amazing booth right now. If I'd seen that three years ago, I'd have gone, I don't know when I'll start my podcast because I don't have any of that gear. Mm. And, and reality, what I say to people is I have this because this is part of my backstory. This isn't yeah. necessary to get started. Actually, I record mm. in here because the kids don't bother me, but I don't <laughs> have to. Absolutely. And actually, quite a lot of my messaging, again, is about just get going. You can refine and perfect later. Yes. What wouldn't you have done had you have waited until everything was in place? Yeah, I would not have made some of my closest friends and connections. So I created the Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community. They've been some of my greatest friends. You know, sometimes when you grow as an entrepreneur, those closest to you, you change. In their eyes you represent something to them. And if you change and you grow that, that kind of expresses to them that maybe they're not growing too. And sometimes you find that you lose some friends along the way. But Mm. I think I've gained so many more people who accept me for who I am, my values and the things that I put out. And they're on the same wavelength as well. That's what might be my experience. Yeah, I went through some really tough times in my relationship last year. And, you know, I needed some people to, to, to speak with. And you know, I speak with my mum and my nan and they were like, you need to do this. And it's just like, they care about me. They love me, but it was very practical. You need to do this. You should be thinking, you should be feeling. Whereas mm-hmm. some of my greatest friends that I've never met in person, you know, they're from, from Knoxville, Tennessee, from Brisbane, Australia, from Sweden, all because of this community that I've created. And they were like, I'm here for you. Anything you need, non-judgmental, and you'll get through this. And it's like, sometimes that's the best. Kind of makes me want to cry when you say it as simply as that. That's been my experience as well, Ryan, that in massive personal growth myself, Mm -hmm. I felt that I, to some extent, have lost. On the other hand, have intentionally shed people that I've known for decades. Doesn't mean I don't love them for what role they played in my life, but they're not, I wasn't on the same wavelength. And actually, if I'm honest, for a long time, there had been some disconnects, but they were my people because where Mm -hmm. else do I belong? We talk about belonging. 
Yeah. One of the things that has really struck me over the last three and a half years, so our timelines are similar, since I've really just gone for it in terms of how I want to show up in the world, not mm. having a blueprint, but just going, failing, learning, yeah. adjusting. I <laughs> now have not only my own tribes, who I absolutely adore, but I also have found people who get me on mm. a level right now with what I'm doing. And they are other leaders in their own fields, but they're emerging. And so that, that feeling of, of us rising together mm-hmm. with close friendships that I could not have imagined that I would be fortunate enough, to fi- fortunate enough to find even two, three years ago, there's power in that, isn't there? Finding yeah. those other leaders. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when I talk about greatest weakness, greatest strength, like my need for belonging at the police has become my greatest strength in my business because I create belonging for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I called my, uh, my community, we are always better than yesterday intentionally, you know, because it's not about me. It's not about me as the leader. It's about what I can help make an impact in, in the lives of other people. And you know, that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't brave enough just to follow the breadcrumbs, just to do... I love Disney and a lot of my coaching references and Frozen 2, like if you've wow, not seen there's it, the quotes in there. <laughs> do the next right thing. Yeah. Do the next right thing is the thing that stood out for me in that film. And it's simply, sometimes we can be overwhelmed. There's a scene in Monsters, Inc. where they're trying to look for that door and there's millions of doors. That sometimes is at the start. It's that overwhelm of where am I headed? Which door am I looking for? And sometimes just doing the next right thing and continually doing that can take us to places that we never even imagined. So I've got three questions for you. Mm. First of all, they're similar. So I'm going to give you them all three and you can decide Mm. how you answer them. The first question is, where did you belong? The second question is, where did you wish you belonged? And the third Mm. one is, where do you belong now? I I think all of the answers to all three is just my heart. And what I mean is that I, I tried to find belonging in a place that was outside of me. I then found it within me. And then I, because I found it within me, I've created it around me. I resonate so strongly with that. I was always looking for approval, always looking and, and not quite finding it. Or if I did find it, it wasn't the right belonging and I dismissed that it wasn't enough. When I found that change for myself through some really yeah. deep work, some deep coaching, some NLP, hypnosis, when I had those moments of recognition mm. about who I am and what I'm capable of, actually, I feel that now I can pick and choose where I belong and I'm mm. much choosier about where I'm going. Yeah, love that. So tell us then, what difference does it make if you lead with love rather than that routine and hierarchy? Well, I think... You're only really a leader if people want to follow you. And generally, if you don't look after people and you're taking people for granted, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do what you ask them to, but they won't do it because they want to. They'll do it because they feel like you have some position and authority over them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want them to give an extra 10 minutes at the end of the day, an extra hour maybe, maybe there's a crisis and you want more, you, you don't have the goodwill. You don't have the trust of, of people to go over and above because if you don't have their back, well, they don't have your back. And, and I mm-hmm. think leading, leading with love isn't always the fluffy side of, hey, everything's great. Mm-hmm. It's simply because here's the thing. We don't always like our children, but we always love them. You know, my kids at the moment during lockdown, 
I don't always like them. And I'm sure they don't always I'm like nodding, me. nodding really hard, but hoping my children never hear this episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. And yeah, well, I, I think, them. of course. And, and that's the thing. that is So when we can connect with loving who we are, so we can put our own stuff to one side, we love what we do because we have a passion for the work that we put out into the world. We then love our team, which means that not only do we love them in ways that we're going to see the best in them, we're going to pick them up when they fall, but we're going to call them out when they're playing it too small. We're going to call them out. It's called love tough. Not tough love, but love tough because love comes first. You know that I care about you, which is going to give me the permission to say the things I need to say to help you be better because a better you is better for all of us. Mm. And for someone then who is struggling with that sense that there's there's more they're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and they're not doing it mm. because they're scared of that judgment factor, what would mm. you say to them about how they find that that experience of being judged? Depends where that feeling's coming from because if that feeling is a representation of your own inner critic, if that's a, ref- a reflection of your own... I don't know, sometimes we can carry the voices of our parents throughout life. And and if that is never good enough and you're always trying to seek the approval, well, then what I try and help my people do is, is if you're going to be your harshest critic, I'll never kick that out of you, but I have to encourage you to become your biggest fan because it's a balance. You know, if you're going to own all the things that you're not good at, you sure as better do own all the things that you're great at. And it's in that, it's in those things that we are passionate about, that we love. And it's just, I think... In any of this, it takes courage. There is that that fear of judgment. There is that likelihood of failure. It's got to be made worth it by doing mm. what we love. Mm. Yeah, nice answer. So, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, it's been really interesting to talk through mm. that kind of regime versus what you're doing now, which allows freedom and growth and expansion. And it's a brave step to take for anybody. And it's not denying that it's brave, but actually I bet you feel much more alive now that you're not being constricted in those ways oh, absolutely so tell us a little bit about where people can find you so you've obviously got your podcast always better than yesterday yeah where else can people come and find out about your work so the the always better than yesterday community on facebook i'm on instagram linkedin any, anywhere really all the platforms because you're not yeah. hiding anymore <laughs> i'm not hiding anymore do you know what that's very funny you say that because linkedin was the last place that i got loud because again that fear of judgment fear of scrutiny fear of what might they think what might they say and every time on linkedin when you can see someone's viewed your profile i was you know I'm, i've got my hands up to my face right now okay because it was that feeling oh no someone's looking at my content but i don't now this is anything. interesting because i've this comes up with some of my my private clients why LinkedIn? Mm. What makes you feel that way about that platform? Because it was, for me at the time when I was still inside the organization, it yes. was a work context mm-hmm. that I probably felt that there were some more uh, judgments directly in relation to what's he trying to do? What's he trying to do? What's and at the time, to? I think you had a foot in two camps as to what you wanted to do. You were still trying to impress those people who could potentially reject you. Yeah, interesting. One of the things you said that I love is that you decided to get loud. Talk to (laughs) me about that. Do you know what? I think that negativity is just so loud, especially places like Facebook where that kind of community conversation gets in and you just hear people's values and opinions and negativity is really loud. It's overwhelming. The news, it stands for negative events, weather and sport because it's just so overwhelming. And, and for me, 
I say get loud because I represent positivity. I rep everything I put out. I try and keep around, you know, three things, inspiring, educational, or fun. You know, and, and I like to think that with every post I put out, I'm intentional to simply try and improve someone's day, even just a little bit. And that's what I mean about get loud because I, I have no worries about putting good out into the in the world in fact i think the louder it that i can get to be loud the message yeah. is important this is what i come back to with so many people who listen to this or work with me your message is important and if you're not shouting it if you're not saying it no one can hear you if you're whispering it once in a blue moon that's not going to have that effect that you want you have to be loud you have to make it constant you have to be consistent because otherwise you can't have that transformational change for people whether mm. you're a business coach or a financial coach or uh, someone who helps people practice meditation whatever it is if you're not loud nobody knows mm. absolutely so thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. It's been really interesting talking to you about leading with love. And I think uh, I wish you all the best in this new journey that you are going headstrong into. <laughs> and it's exciting to see how that's going to expand and grow for you. So thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.